from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Be sure to visit our ministry website where you can find an extensive library of digital, audio, video, and print resources. It's all available at djkm.org. In the city of Pisa, Italy, there is a beautiful bell tower. It's located right behind the city's large cathedral. During the construction of this bell tower, sometime in the 12th century, the tower slowly began to tilt. The tilt continued to increase gradually until efforts were made in the late 20th century to stabilize it and keep it from toppling over. Now, the appropriately named Leaning Tower of Pisa attracts tourists from all over the world to see the famed slanted structure. But what is the secret behind this mysterious Leaning Tower? Well, there really is no secret at all. The tower was simply built on a weak foundation. In the same way, we as Christians need a firm foundation for our faith. If we build our lives on a weak foundation, what happens when the strong winds of adversity begin to blow? Today, our children and grandchildren face many threats from the world. These threats are seeking to completely derail their values and their standards. A leaning tower might be an interesting tourist attraction, but nobody wants to see their child leaning too far and one day toppling over. So how do we help them find the firm foundation they need? Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message, Training Your Children. And now may we hear the word of God. Proverbs 22, verse 1, the inspired word of the living God. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And may God speak to us today through this portion of his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. The Janissaries. I say the Janissaries of the Turks were coming. Now, that's not a familiar word, but one that we might do well to learn. In the 1400s, Janissaries were the name given to the children of Christians 
who were abducted by the Ottoman Turks in the Byzantine Empire and from Constantinople. Now, by 1453, these Janissaries who had been taken as young children and had been taught the doctrines of Mohammedanism and had been then, when they grew older, taught the, the arts of warfare according to the Ottoman Turks. The Janissaries were part of the army of Mohammed II that surrounded the remaining bastion of Christian influence, Constantinople. They had taken, the Turks had taken, all of Byzantium except the capital city. And in 1453, they surrounded that city. A siege of many weeks took place. Finally, in utter weariness, the defenders were no longer able to defend the city, and the, the Ottoman Turks broke through the walls. And uh, as the defenders were endeavoring to flee out the back of the city, Mohammed II, who was in charge of the Ottoman army, decided that the Janissaries, the children of the Christians, 20,000 strong, armed with uh, shining blades, should lead the charge. And so these 20,000 once children of Christians now fanatical soldiers of Islam attacked the defenders, and many hundreds and hundreds fell in agony and died in the despairing posture of their fall, stricken, smitten by the hands of their own children. The Janissaries had come. Now, so what, you say? Well, there are Janissaries yet among us today, not this time abducted by the Ottomans, but by the humanist schools of our own country, and taught the doctrines of atheism, and godlessness and immorality. They have often gone back to oppose vehemently the teachings of their own parents. And many a parent has said, what has happened? Where did I go wrong? How could my child have so completely turned his back and what, on what I taught him when he was just a little boy? Well, he has learned well from his teachers in school. And this struggle for the minds and hearts of young people has been going on for a good while. And now it's almost complete in the public schools. Listen to the writings of Bronson, one of the humanist, socialist, educators of America. What was their plan? What was it that they were trying to do? Wasn't it just to provide a more progressive and more excellent education for our students? Well, listen to the words of one of their own leaders. Quote, the great object was to get rid of Christianity and to convert our churches into halls of science 
reminds me of the Soviet Union. The plan was not to make open attacks upon religion, although we might belabor the clergy and bring them into contempt where we could. Does that sound familiar? But to establish a system of state national schools from which all religion was to be excluded. The plan has been successfully pursued, and the whole action of the country on the subject has taken the direction we sought to give it. From the works of Orestes Bronson, 1828. The battle is long-standing, my friends. Let me quote a more recent humanist, a man who has been widely read, Raynard, said that, what if it may be that Johnny can't read? Now here's a leading humanist educator quoted in the Humanist magazine. It may be that Johnny can't read, but at least 12 years of public education have divested his mind of all of that religious superstition that he came to school with in the beginning. Now that religious superstition, dear folks, is what you and I believe. And so they have succeeded in producing a system of national schools which have rid our country our public schools, at least, from every vestige of religion. What has been the result of that? Well, I think they're twofold. One, the educational standards of this country have plummeted. For the past 20 years, the SAT scores have gone down like a safe falling out of an airplane. And it began the year after prayer and the Bible were taken out of the schools. And secondly, it has produced a tidal wave of immorality that could hardly have been imagined 35 years ago. So education has suffered and morality has suffered with it. When John Adams was the second president of the United States, a study of the educational level of America demonstrated that not only one American in a thousand could not read and write neatly. Today, there are almost 24 million illiterates in America. Almost 24 million illiterates in this country. Now, these are people that couldn't read the instructions on a bottle of medicine if their life depended on it, and sometimes it does. They can't read a map or a road sign. This is what has happened, been one of the results of uh, ridding our schools of God. You probably heard of the McGuffey readers. McGuffey was a Presbyterian clergyman and an educator, president of a college, and many other things. But the McGuffey readers that uh, he produced had an enormous impact upon this country in the last century. 
published in 1836, over 120 million copies of them were sold. And they indeed held back the tidal wave for almost a century. He said, if you can induce a community to doubt the genuineness and authenticity of the scriptures, to question the reality and obligations of religion, to hesitate undeciding whether there is any such thing as virtue or vice, and today we, our secular nation, can't decide if there's anything such as virtue and vi or vice. The only thing which they think is vice is those who say something else is vice. Whether there be an eternal state of retribution beyond the grave or whether there exists any such being as God, when you do that, you have broken down the barriers of moral virtue and hoisted the floodgates of immorality and crime. And fortunately for this country, McGuffey did a great deal towards holding on to the Christian foundations of this nature, of this country, as did, by the way, Noah Webster, who produced the blue-backed speller, which, like the McGuffey's readers, contained Christian teaching and doctrine and Christian morality and ethics. And those sold a hundred million copies during the 19th century. But at that same time, there were termites like Brownson that I read to you just a few moments ago that were working to totally transform our schools into godless, irreligious schools where there was no moral standard at all. Today we hear a great deal about values clarification. And sad to say, many parents have never figured out what that is. Well, let me tell you very simply. It means that children are taught to make up their own moral standard, anything that they want that's important to them, and then to live by that standard. Whether that's following the golden rule or Snatching persons is not relevant because the teachers can't tell them that anything is wrong or right because nothing is wrong or right. Everything is relative. The founder of this country, George Washington, said something which we need to hear over and over again. I've quoted it before. Let me quote it once more. He said, Let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Let us be cautious to indulge that supposition that you can have morality without religion. It's never happened. Now, anybody can make up a moral code. Ah, but getting people to live by it, that's a horse of several different colors. He goes on to say, whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on the minds of peculiar structure, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. Thus said George Washington, the father of our country. And we have attempted, supposedly in our schools, to do just that, and the results have been catastrophic. Yes, my friends, the Turks, the humanists, have been very busy 
and they have been turning our students into janissaries of their own. Right here, Broward County, Coral Springs, kindergarten. And this is a true story. Little Johnny goes off to kindergarten for the first day. When he comes home from school, his mommy, of course, asks him, well, honey, what did you learn in school today? He said, I learned that you can't even prove that Jesus Christ ever existed. First day of kindergarten in Broward County? Ah, my friends, they don't waste any time producing their modern janissaries. Yes, they have taken over the schools, and that is why Christian education is so vital in our time. It may require some sacrifice, but I urge you to send your children to godly schools, to Christian schools, that they might receive a godly Christian education. And if you send them off to some public school, keep in mind that you are shooting dice with your children's eternal souls. It's a gamble that no Christian should be willing to make. You saw what a kindergarten teacher could do with a kindergarten student in one day. How many parents have said, where did I go wrong? I provided them the best education. Sent them to Harvard. Ha! Ah, you might as well have shipped them to Saudi Arabia in 1450. They want them to have a good financial future, so they destroy their souls in the process. How many parents right here have sent kids to public schools and colleges because it was going to look good on their vitae and help them get a good job, only to find them come back unbelievers who want nothing to do with your religion. Yes, there are many janissaries among us in our time, my friends. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, that involves us beginning that training when they're just in the cradle. In the first few days and weeks of their lives, we begin to train them. And during those first months and early years, some of the most important training is being given. And training up a child, certainly one of the first names that a child should learn is the name of Jesus. And the first song he learns to sing ought to be, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And he should hear the Bible read from the very earliest age. And children should see their parents pray and see that they are men and women of the Word and they daily read the Word of God. They should not hear them bickering and fighting all the time in their homes, but they should see that love dwells in their homes. They should see that these parents are truly concerned with the things that are talked about on Sunday, that they have a passion for lost men and women, that they have a desire to share the gospel and to live a godly life that they're honest, and that their conversations reveal an integrity 
that is consonant with the Christian faith that they profess. At bottom, your children are going to become what you are at heart, unless you deliver them over to mind twisters who are going to turn them into something else, in which case you probably are making them what you are at heart. What you are, they most likely will become. Do you pray with your children, for your children? Do you teach them the doctrines of your faith? Do you read the Bible with them? Are you bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Are you training them up in the way that they should go? Interestingly, the, the Hebrew word train there, hanak, comes from a root which means narrow. Now, if there is one thing which our modern academicians do not like, is anything that's narrow. They want their students to be broad, to accept all cultures and all religions and all ideas, and that they should discriminate between anything being good and anything being evil is absolutely the unforgivable sin. And yet God tells us, narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, broad is the way that leads to destruction. We must be able to discriminate not between the skin color of people, but between evil and good. But they have maintained that everything that is broad, everything is good. There is nothing basically evil. But we are to train them in the way that they should go. We are to teach them the commandments of God and teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And my friends, if we don't, in our old age, that will be the greatest heartbreak that we have. I've never seen any un more unhappy people than fathers or mothers who have come to me and, say, and said, where did we go wrong? We gave him everything. And now he's turned his back completely on everything we believe. Yes, they gave him everything but a Christian education. May we pray. Father, you've told us to train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Father, we pray for every child in this church, for every parent, for every father, every mother. Lord, help us to disciple our children, to train them up, to teach them the tenets of our holy faith, to bring them to love and trust Jesus Christ, and to go out and be good soldiers under the banner of Christ, our King. In Christ's name we ask, amen. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. What a wonderful promise. But we can't train up our children in God's ways if we don't know Him. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know that He died on the cross for you in order that you might have right relationship with Almighty God? What a marvelous thought that the God of this universe would want to have fellowship with us. It's true. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That's fellowship. 
And even more amazing is that God offers us that fellowship now and forever in heaven if we'll place our trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. If you're ready to transfer your trust from your own efforts to get into heaven and instead trust in Jesus Christ for eternal life, then we can go to God in prayer right now. Simply pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and that you died for sinners like me. Please forgive me. I want to have fellowship with you and know the full life that you have in store for me. I transfer my trust to you and ask you to help me live for you from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen. I hope you just prayed that prayer. And if you did, we'd like to send you Beginning Again, which is exactly what you're doing. In these pages, you'll learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and how to grow in your faith. This is a wonderful tool, and you can receive it by writing to our address or calling our toll-free number. Be sure to ask for Beginning Again. God bless you as you do. In his message, Dr. Kennedy talked about how vital a Christian education is for our children. They need to learn the commandments of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. While it is important to teach our children here at home, it's also important to minister to the helpless children who are suffering around the world. Recently, we teamed up with the ministry Heart for Lebanon. There's a great need to minister to families and children who have been displaced from their homes in the war-torn Middle East because of attacks from militant Islam and other unrest. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ now more than ever before. We want you to join us to help these families directly. Our goal is to help initiate services to 300 displaced, endangered families. Those services include food and hygiene supplies, basic goods, non-formal education, along with Bible study and discipleship. It costs about $80 a month per family to make an enormous material and spiritual difference in their lives. So please contact us right away with a generous donation. And gifts over and above our goal will help us continue the important work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or you can go online to djkm.org. As our thanks for your generous donation for the support of these families, we will send you a five-pack of the new Truth in Action Q&A booklet titled, What Does the Bible Teach About Islam? This booklet gives a brief overview answering the biggest questions about the teachings of Islam versus the teachings of the Bible. You can share these booklets with your family, your friends, people at church, and anyone else who might benefit from understanding the crucial differences between the gospel of Jesus Christ and the religion of Muhammad. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. We at D. James Kennedy Ministries are standing for truth and defending your freedom. 
I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.